Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie on Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we are continuing with our herb garden series, and today's herb is rosemary. So we have quite a show for you today about rosemary, and you're probably familiar with that herb used in cooking a lot, and it makes a great garnish, rosemary potatoes and rosemary in your soups and stews and uh, sometimes with lamb or things like that. But uh, it's also a great herb for other things. And there's quite an interesting history behind rosemary as well. So let's get into it, okay? So Rosemarinus officinalis, which recently the name was changed to Salvia rosemarinus, uh, it comes from the Greek words ros and marinus. So ros is dew, and marinus sounds a lot like mariner and marina and those kinds of things because it means of the sea. So it's dew of the sea, and that might be a spee because it is an herb that grows along the Mediterranean. It grows on the mountains around there near the sea. So uh, it was... It was known even to the Egyptians, it go, the history goes back so far. Uh, they have found dried sprigs in Egyptian tombs. So maybe not a lot of writing about it with the Egyptians, but it, they did know about it and they did use it. Maybe they used it for some of the mythological things that the Greeks and Romans did because they um, they do have a lot of legends. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the Christian legends. So one holds that when Mary and Joseph fled Egypt, when they were going back to Israel with the baby Jesus, who is now a toddler, um, they stopped near a rosemary bush. That's the legend. And when Mary threw her blue cape over the white flowers of the rosemary bush, the, the flowers turned blue. And in fact, the flowers of the rosemary are blue. So that's why they feel that it's called the rosemary because of that. But there's another piece of folklore that claims that rosemary lives up to 33 years because that's how long the life of Christ was when he was here. So it's not too far off from the truth in terms of how long the plant lives, but I'm not sure where that piece of legend comes from. It does have uh, some 
some legend history uh, in with the Greeks and Romans, as I said. So according to their mythology, the Greek goddess Aphrodite emerged from the sea wrapped in rosemary. I don't know how you'd be wrapped in rosemary because it's kind of a woody plant. But anyway, <laughs> they also, uh, the Greek scholars would also wear rosemary wreaths on their heads during their examinations. So the students would do that when they were being tested because they thought that it would improve memory. Uh, we'll see whether or not that holds any truth a little bit later in the program. But it, keep in mind, they just wore it. They didn't ingest it. So mm, now maybe they were on the right track there. Kind of like our last program. They're, they're, on the la they're on the right track, but maybe not quite the right way of administering it. Roman priests would burn rosemary as incense in their religious ceremonies, and they would also decorate the statues as a sign of stability. So Rosemary does have some mythology around that, uh, being a plant that symbolizes certain things. So maybe that's where that comes from. It did continue with the mythology during the Middle Ages, uh, Rosemary gained a reputation as a love charm during that time. It, it may have started with some of the practices around weddings. So they would put Rosemary in the lapels of the groomsmen and they would weave it into the bridal wreath as a sign of love and fidelity and things like that. And they would also give wedding guests a, a branch of rosemary um, as a sign of loyalty and love to them as well. But then it kind of grew into something else where they would have these little dolls and they would stuff them with rosemary needles so it would smell really strongly of Rosemary, and they thought that it would attract a lover. So, you know, maybe they were looking for a new spouse, a new suitor, um, and they would do that. Kind of a weird way of going about that. Like, I mean, adults don't play with little dolls, so I don't know. Maybe it was kind of one of those uh, superstitious practices uh, like the pagan voodoo type dolls. I sure hope not. But uh, they would also put rosemary in their linens. So they put it in with the sheets and the pillowcases and stuff to try to promote fidelity. So maybe they thought that if the sheets smelled like rosemary that it would inspire uh, those who were sleeping on them to be loyal and well you know I, I'm not sure how effective it was I would hope so uh, they would also use it as a charm to ward off evil uh, for example in Italy and Spain they used it because they used it as a protection against witches and uh, generalized evil, maybe wear it as a, a little 
little bag of it around their neck or on their wrist or maybe a little bag on their hip. Maybe put some on the door to keep, uh, keep bad, evil people away. And in England, they would burn it in their homes like incense. They would burn it in the house of somebody who recently died from some kind of illness, and then they would put it on the grave as a sign of remembrance. Uh, they put it on the coffin before it was put in the ground. And in some places, that's still a tradition to throw sprigs of rosemary on the coffin as a sign of remembrance. But um, burning it to uh, clear the air after somebody had died, it might have been as a way to symbolize remembrance of the person who had died, but it also has a way of clearing the air, as we'll learn a little bit later. Sleeping with a sprig of rosemary under your pillow uh, was supposed to ward off bad dreams. And so, you know, maybe that was effective. We'll see. Uh, a little bit later on about that also. So some of these things that people used to believe may have had some truth. Uh, it, it's interesting how people would experiment with things and learn about plants and where they got these ideas from. Uh, and then how later on we find out that, well, maybe they weren't too far off. They didn't just use rosemary for superstitious purposes. So they did use it for medicinal purposes during the Middle Ages. And in fact, there is a 14th century book that was discovered that listed 23 different uses and preparations for rosemary. And some of them kind of allude to these somewhat superstitious practices that we talked about. So just to summarize those uses, uh, it, they include using it for all illnesses within the body, uh, as a face and hair cleanser, to kill worms, to get rid of rheumatism, to protect against nightmares, to prolong your youth and strengthen your limbs, to protect you from serpents and scorpions, get rid of diarrhea, treat gout, address mental health issues, and repel insects from eating your clothes. So the whole idea of putting it in with your linens, maybe it wasn't just, you know, to promote fidelity, but also to keep the bugs from eating the linens, because uh, it certainly was effective with that, according to this book that was found. And, you know, the whole idea of addressing mental health issues and uh, protecting against nightmares and illnesses and things, if they're listing it as a medicinal use in this historic book, then um, maybe they, they must have had some experience with success using it in that way. So that goes back to those superstitious uses again. So it continued to be thought of as a memory aid too. So uh, the Greeks with their wreaths, not such a bad idea 
because it rosemary has always been associated with remembrance and memory. And they also did know about the antibacterial uses because it was burnt in sick chambers in French hospitals to prevent infection and to purify the air. And they would burn it in, in the courts to prevent a jail fever. So apparently, you know, it's really dirty and dank in those places and it would keep people from getting sick and uh, helped with that. It was also enjoyed among the nobility and the elite. So they knew about these things. And in the ninth century, Charlemagne insisted that it be grown in his royal gardens. So he knew about these things. He heard of these things and insisted it be grown there. And the eau de cologne that Napoleon Bonaparte used had rosemary in it. So he knew about it. And it's also been mentioned in Shakespearean plays several times in different ones. So it was known during the Renaissance. So it has a long history for both uh, superstitious and medicinal uses. So what about this plant? How do you grow it? And does it have any special needs that way? So it is a woody perennial plant. So it's the idea of wrapping it around or it, it yeah, it, it really has to be cut like a tree or use the, the big uh, cutting, the big snippers to get some branches. You can get little sprigs off fairly easily. That's what we like to use in our cooking. But it is a woody bush type plant. It does have needle-like leaves, if you haven't seen that at the grocery store. But it, and it has small blue flowers that look a lot like the other members of the plant family to which it belongs, which are members of the mint family. Interesting. A lot of the members of the mint family are aromatic herbs. So it does belong to that family. It is a slow grower, so it can be a little discouraging to try to grow rosemary from seed because it can take several weeks for the seeds to sprout. And then once they do sprout, it can take a while to get a decent-sized plant. In fact, it doesn't flower until the second year of growth. But growers do have experience with this plant living up to 30 years. So the the legend around Christ, it does have some truth to it and that this this is a plant that grows for a long time. So once you get the bush going, you'll have it for some time. But you have to be careful where you plant it because it does like full sun and like the other members of its family, it likes dry somewhat sandy soil. So if the soil gets too wet, like it's got too much clay and holds a lot of water, it tends to kill the plant because it just really doesn't like that. It's native to the Mediterranean area. So where it's kind of dry and rocky, especially in the mountains, and it does, it will grow at higher altitudes as well. It, uh, it, it, some varieties of rosemary can tolerate temperatures as low as 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So it is, for the most part, winter hardy. 
And uh, as long as you keep the soil well-drained and you plant it in a nice sunny place, you get it going, you, you keep your plant happy and you've got rosemary for a long time. So this is something that can be really worth the effort because you don't have to keep planting every year. It doesn't die off after, you know, five years or something. It it's It's a nice bush that will provide you with fresh rosemary for a long time. So what about modern research and like what does this plant have in it and how are people using it? So today we use it a lot in cooking, of course, as I mentioned, um, and you can get it at your grocery store very easily, fresh usually, and even and dried, of course, in the spice aisle. Very easy to get this plant. Uh, and sometimes, other than cooking, sometimes people include it in tea combinations, but not too much. And most of the active constituents are more easily gotten through an alcohol extract or as the essential oil. And in fact, the essential oil is probably the more common way that people use this plant today. Now, rosemary is a plant that is very often, the oil is very often adulterated. So you have to be careful about where you're sourcing it from and the uh, chemotype that you get because it should not be super cheap and um, different chemotypes can be safer than other ones to use. So be aware of that uh, if you decide that you're going to diffuse rosemary oil. There are three main chemotypes for rosemary essential oil. These are the camphor type, and that one contains terpene ketones, terpene oxides, and terpene hydrocarbons. There's the cineol type, and that one has cineol and terpene hydrocarbons, and then the verbenone type, which contains ketone, uh, which it contains the ketone verbenone, and it also contains the cineol and terpene hydrocarbons. The most popular ones that people seem to like are the cineol and the verbenone type, but um, that should be specified on the bottle, and if it's not, then you need to ask some questions. Chemotypes vary based on where the rosemary was grown. That is an interesting little tidbit about plants in general is, is that their chemical constituents can change based on where they're grown, even though it's the same plant. So soil conditions, weather conditions, different kinds of pests, different plants that grow around it, all those things can impact the composition of the essential oil and also the levels of the other chemical constituents that that plant has. Because remember, essential oil is only one part of what that plant has to offer. So it, it matters. Where it's grown matters. So, and of course, as I said, if it's really inexpensive, I would ask questions about that because it's not, it's not supposed to be a really inexpensive oil. 
Rosemary essential oil has been shown to improve circulation and respiratory issues. It may also be helpful in cases of hair loss and acne. The traditional use of rosemary for memory and nervous tension has been substantiated by studies and research, and it particularly as the tension is related to digestion. So it kind of can act in both ways. So using it on your food, putting in a little tea to relax when you're eating can be, that, that may be helpful. It contains significant amounts of vitamin C, vitamin B6, vitamin A, folate, calcium, iron, manganese, and magnesium. And of course, you know, the plant contains that, but, you know, the amount that you're going to get of the vitamins and minerals depends on how much rosemary you're eating. But it's nice to know that it can add a little extra nutritional boost to your food as you use it in seasoning. One thing I will say is that uh, the essential oil should not be used uh, with children under the age of 10. That's because of the ketones in there and in several of the varieties. And also pregnant women should exercise a lot of caution with this uh, essential oil. If you're just eating it with your food, not really a big deal. Uh, The caution should be with the oil. So now you know a few extra things about rosemary. So when you sprinkle it on your meats and stews and vegetables and things and uh, look at your essential oils and that, you can remember some of the things that I shared today. So join us next week for the last installment of our Herb Garden series And catch up with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at Julie.Naturally. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at CrunchyChristianPodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.